0: Good morning, Church. This week I've been pondering what we should be praying about and I really felt drawn to some verses in 1 Peter, Chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish Spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and give you unreserved thanks for the opportunity we have to come together this morning in worship, to bring you praise, glory and honour, and to acknowledge the living hope that you bring to us. Lord, we thank you for the unity and assurance that comes from knowing you, unity and assurance that physical distance cannot deny or extinguish. We thank you that despite being in different locations, we can be one in you and together celebrate that you are indeed the risen Lord. We thank you for the inheritance that we have in Christ and for the fact that you provide a stable path for us to walk, even in the most trying of circumstances, such as those that our whole world is currently facing. Thank you that as we draw near to you, we can put aside the uncertainties of this world the concerns and trials of the COVID virus and other fears simply resting on the certainties of your unchanging faithfulness, faithfulness that transcends every concern we will ever face, both now and into the future. Thank you for hope and the abundance of life you bring to us despite the circumstances and difficulties we may be confronting. Thank you for the peace, safety and blessing that we enjoy in South Australia, especially at this time when so many places in the world are encountering seemingly hopeless situations. We pray for friends and family who are interstate or overseas, those who are isolated from us at this difficult time. Along with us, may they know your peace. Lord, we acknowledge again that you are the God who formed us, the God who knows us, the God who loves us, the God who leads us, the God who blesses us. Father, forgive us for any times when we have overlooked or forgotten all that you've done for us and the price you paid to give us freedom. Forgive us for when we have been ungrateful or complained about our lot in life. Today, with Christians from around our nation, we're invited to celebrate Australia's first Sanctity of Life Sunday. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the giver of all life, and we thank you for the blessings of every breath we take, from our first to our last. Lord, help us to share with others just how precious your gift of life is. Forgive our society for the way life is so freely aborted, for the cases where vulnerable children are abused, for situations where the sick, invalided and defenceless are ill-treated and harmed. Lord, we pray that in the midst of the current COVID virus, our society will learn a new respect and appreciation for life. Lord, we again thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy in our nation. We pray for our political leaders of all persuasions, for those in government and those in opposition. We pray for God-fearing and honest leaders. Thank you for our Prime Minister and his open confession of Christian faith, for our State Premier and for others in the public service who are leading us through the current COVID challenges. At this time we ask that they may be given special discernment as they seek to guide our community towards a sustainable and prosperous future. Lord, we thank you for the recent drenching rains and the benefit that it brings not only for our gardens, but also the state's agricultural areas. We pray that crops will mature successfully, leading to a bountiful harvest for our farmers. At a time when relationships between nations are being tested and export and import tensions are appearing, We pray for peacemakers and for justice to be done. At all times, Lord, help us to be good stewards of a wonderful environment that you have blessed us with. Finally, Lord, may we all know the living hope that comes from Christ. May we each experience the infilling and guidance of the Holy Spirit that brings hope and comfort despite circumstances and enables us to be witnesses for you in both word and deed. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Will you join me as I pray as we lead out of that song? Lord, we thank you that we can praise you, uh, even in this time. Uh, There is nothing to stop us from lifting your name high and declaring your goodness and what you've done. And Lord, that song uh, speaks of so much uh, activity that you've done in the world. It speaks of the history and the story uh, that you've been active and that you have lit the flame of the church. And Lord, we now are the continuing uh, story, uh, the continuation of what you are doing in the world. And Lord, we thank you that we can participate with you in that. And that there will be a time that we look back at this time and see another amount of great activity That you have done in our lives and in our world. And so Lord we just pray. Now that you would uh, still our hearts. That we'd uh, hear your sweet voice speaking to us. Lord that we'd be open to what you'd want to declare to us. And share with us this morning. So we ask that now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well it's uh, great once again to be sharing a word with you this morning. And uh, last week. Uh, I began uh, a series, a, a two-week, a two-part series on trials and opportunities. And last week I just sort of shared uh, the reason that came about is that uh, we hadn't really had the opportunity to really speak into this time uh, that we are experiencing as a, a nation, as a, as the world, and to really um, sort of shift our, our thinking and our preaching to really speak into and to encourage you as you Uh, live out this time uh, in isolation. And so uh, I really want to encourage uh, you and speak words of hope into this situation because I feel like there's really kind of two scenarios, two types of people that are experiencing this. Number one, those who perhaps are struggling, those who for this time is a real difficulty. Uh, And I hope that last week uh, those, those words uh would real words of encouragement to you to uh stick it out and to see that there is uh there is hope in the midst of trial. Uh, but there might be those who in this time actually are seeing it quite differently and seeing it as an opportunity, opportunity to perhaps reassess and think about priorities in life, uh how how you live uh, compared to how you lived before. But the thing is that both trials and opportunity are are really uh, interwoven and interlinked. Uh, As I shared last week, in trial, there is opportunity to uh, discover something about our faith or to grow in character. But on the flip side, in opportunity, it's often to take hold of that opportunity requires change and requires uh, perhaps some effort and trial in us to enable that opportunity to take place. And so the two are, are interlinked and so today we talk about opportunities. But I um, just wanted to perhaps start and ask maybe where are you uh, this morning? Uh, perhaps perhaps you are, are struggling and if you didn't catch last week, get a hold of our website and maybe download uh, that sermon so that that might be an encouragement to you. But you might, your trial might be you know, I'm just ready for this to be over. <laughs> Seriously, I've I've had enough. And if that's you, you might actually relate to this young man.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, that that might be an encouragement to you, and might be exactly how you feel. Or perhaps uh, you might be on, on the opposite and what we're talking about today, the opportunity. And you might relate more to this young man who was asked to mow the lawn. advantage of the opportunity, or perhaps it's a it's a mix of both for you. You know the Bible speaks so much about opportunity, and there are so many stories and and testimonies in the in Scripture about people who really take hold of what God places in front of them and making most of the time or the opportunity that presented itself. You know, I think of the girl who had the opportunity to tell Naaman about the prophet Elijah. Or Rahab, who uh, hid the spies in her house and saved her household. We'll be talking about that one in a few weeks' time. Joseph, of course, here's uh, a situation of a man who lived a life where uh, trial came his way time after time after time. But each thing was an opportunity to draw him closer to where God ultimately would have him and to save the nation of Israel. Of course, Esther, the famous line for such. A time as this, she saved the Israelites. And I of course, think of Jesus and his life and ministry. As I look at the, the Gospels and the way Jesus lived his life, uh, he was always open to things that would come across his way, whether it be someone pulling on his cloak or someone coming with a need of a sick uh, relative. Uh, he would quickly change his plans and adapt uh, what he was doing to meet the needs and to take hold of the opportunities that he had in front of him to minister and to show his love for them. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6. He says he says let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And that kind of relates to what I spoke about last week not giving up on continuing on in the trial and and doing good in in amongst that. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. As we have opportunity. You know, God provides opportunities for us constantly in our lives if we are open to seeing those opportunities before us. Uh, I wanted to share a little story about something that happened to me last year. Uh, it was the time of the CRC State Conference that was being held at Sturt Street in the city, and uh, my parents in law were away overseas and While they were away, they asked me to look after their their home and their particularly their car to take it out periodically in order to make the battery not go flat for a while they were away and It was the first time I drove their brand new car that they had. And so I got in the car and I noticed that it needed some petrol so I headed to the petrol station and on the dashboard as I was driving I noticed there was a gauge right in the centre of the dashboard and I tried to find the exact gauge and this isn't it but I've googled something that looks very similar and it looks a bit like this gauge on the, the car. And it talks about the fuel economy that's happening. And it talks about the average fuel economy that you're getting. And it's got this bar along the bottom, which was a kind of in-time, as-it's-happening, real-time uh, economy that's happening as you're driving at that moment. And I looked at the average that um, was being presented. And uh, this is miles. We have kilometres in Australia. And, and they were getting around 10 kilometres per 100 k's. Right, you can take, probably take that off now. And I, I was thinking, you know, this is a brand new car and it's supposed to be really fuel efficient. Surely you can do, do better than that. I wonder, wonder what's causing that, that fuel economy. Now, I know it's not because they're driving fast. And so I go to the uh, petrol station and I fill it up and it resets the, uh, the economy gauge and for the next little while, I'm, I'm looking at the gauge and I'm finding that I'm getting around four and a half to five litres per hundred. I'm thinking, oh, that's, that oh, must be something in the way that I'm driving this car that's getting this better fuel economy. And there's this gauge that's actually sort of live telling me you know how, how hard I'm driving as to the sort of instant fuel economy that I'm getting. And so I'm starting to to sort of give myself a bit of a competition to sort of see how well I can drive this car and how economically I can get from A to B. And so I start being fixated by this little live dial in the in the dashboard. And I'm watching this constantly, and I'm, and I'm being careful about how much I put on the accelerator in order to, to get the best fuel economy as I'm going along. And I'm starting to head down Flagstaff Hill, and I'm getting amazing fuel economy and I'm feeling really good about myself. And I'm going to, you know, this is, this is a challenge. This is on. See, see, see what I can come up with by the time I get into the city. And so I travel into the city and I'm constantly aware of, you know, a traffic light coming up. So I ease off so I don't have the brakes and then I can continue on a bit further. And, and all of these things that enable me to get the best economy out of this car. Long story short, I get to the, uh, the CRC conference in, the, in Sturt Street, and I find a car park, and I pay for my ticket, and I'm heading back to put my ticket on the dashboard, and something really interesting hits me, and that is I had no idea how I actually got to that point. If you had have asked me, did I go down South Road or did I go down Goodwood Road, I would have no clue. If you asked me were there roadworks that you passed, Uh, were there people that you saw that waved to you, Uh, you what colour was the sky, I would not be able to tell you because I was so fixated on this little gauge, I was so interested in my accomplishment and what I was trying to achieve in this journey that I completely missed and was completely unaware of what was happening in the world around me. And you know, I think our lives can be a bit like that sometimes, and particularly in our our spiritual lives. You know, sometimes we can be so fixated on what we're achieving or on what we are um, prioritizing in our lives, whether that be our our work or our our family, uh, our investments, and we can be so uh, fixated on just concentrating on those things that we can be completely unaware to the opportunities that God is presenting to us every day the outside world the people that come across our path the uh, whether there's roadworks in our way that we can stop and we can help a neighbor in need you know we can c- continue on with that illustration in many ways but i just wanted to share that because what would it take in that journey for me to actually stop and realize where I was. I think it would actually take a car crash for me to actually get out of that fixated state of mind in order for me to go, oh, I'm on South Road (laughs) or I'm on Goodwood Road. This is my surroundings. And you know, sometimes God puts interruptions. He puts crashes in our lives that actually cause us to stop and take stock of where we are And to actually see the surroundings and to see the activity that he's actually wanting us to participate in, in the life around us. And so, is COVID-19 that crash? Is COVID-19 that interruption for us that breaks up that normality of life, that breaks up the routine and causes us to actually be aware of what's around us? Paul writes in Colossians chapter 4, He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. You know, not just a mind that's concentrating on the gauge and ourselves, but in a prayerful state be alert to what's around us. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. He says, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities. And perhaps out of this morning you'd have that prayer yourself. Lord, Enable me to see the opportunities. Lord, bring opportunities my way in which I could um, take hold of. Because as we pray for them, I, I believe that God will bring them to you. Uh, for, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. Now, Paul says, that's why I am here in chains. Jesus, uh, Paul is in chains. He has been arrested. He is under uh, guard because of his preaching of the gospel. So, I mean, in fact, if we uh, looked at his missionary life, uh, Paul would often try to get from A to B, the journey from Flagstaff Hill to Sturt Street. And along the way, he would get met with so many uh, distractions or crashes in interruptions. He'd be imprisoned, Uh, He'd have to stay somewhere for a longer time because of persecution. He'd be shipwrecked. Uh, He'd be under house arrest. There'd be so many things that came across his path. Yet those interruptions, uh, those times of isolation, actually became opportunities for him to preach to those that he was now around. In fact, he says that this is the case in Philippians chapter 1. I just want to mention that briefly. He says this, he says, and I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that's happened to me, all of the car crashes, all of the shipwrecks, or all of the imprisonment has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard knows that I'm in chains because of Christ and get this, because of my imprisonment, uh, because of my trial, uh, because of the opportunity, because of this Interruption to my daily routine. Most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. So, Paul basically says, uh, taking hold, being alert in our mind, taking hold of the opportunities to see them as God's gift to us to enable us to see what He is doing, not what we're concentrating on, but open our eyes, Lord to the, the many opportunities that you're placing in front of us and sometimes they do come across as interruptions to our daily life. You now, um, I'm one of those people who love Facebook Marketplace by and swap pages because uh, I love a good bargain um, and so often uh, something will come up that has been something that we've been needing in the home uh, that's super cheap and that someone's getting rid of. And the way that those uh, sites work is that you've got to get in first before anyone else. And something that really uh, annoys me or gets under my skin is when I can see something that would be such a blessing to our family and just as you're typing sold, someone else jumps in front of you and you think, I've missed the opportunity. Oh, I could have had that and now I've lost that opportunity. And there's such such a a pain inside when you realize that that's the case. And I was thinking about that this week uh, as I missed an opportunity that, that came across uh, one of those pages. And it dawned on me, you know, I wonder if that's our reaction to missing an opportunity. I wonder what God's reaction is when he places the opportunity in front of us in our lives. And because we're so fixated uh, on our own goals and the things that are in front of us because we're unaware of, of the opportunity that he's got in front of us, that we miss it. I wonder how he reacts. I wonder what's on his heart when he sees us so determined to continue our routines that we just miss and and miss what's happening in our lives. So how do we not miss the opportunity? How do we live our lives in a way in which we're open to and aware of what God's doing and take those disruptions, take those crashes and allow them to actually impact our lives for the gospel and for the better. Well, Paul in Ephesians 5, he says this. He says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. That's the wrong one. That's Colossians. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Ephesians 5 says, there we go. Ephesians 5 says, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity. Now, I just want to talk about where it says, be careful then how you live. Uh, Another way of translating that is, uh, be aware of how you walk. And the word there, live or walk, talks about uh, not necessarily um, the spiritual walk that we have, but our everyday walk. It actually talks about like you're walking through a marketplace. You're going about your everyday business. Be careful how you go about your everyday business, your everyday life. In other words, it's saying... Uh, don't just go about your everyday life without purpose, without um, it, it having a sense of, of being aware of what God is doing. So don't do what I was doing driving the car as you go about your daily life. Be careful how you go about your, your, your walk, your daily life. Do it with purpose. Do it with uh, being open to what is presented to you in that daily walk. Um during the week, I came across a, uh, a quote or, or a picture that sort of came across my Facebook page. Uh, and it was this one from David and Goliath. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be able to use that in my sermon. That's going to be fantastic. It says, sometimes God will put Goliath in your life for, uh, for you to find your David within you. Sometimes God will put a Goliath in your life for you to find your David with you in you and the the more I, th- I thought about this quote the more I thought yes that's, that's part of that is true yes God does put Goliaths so he puts uh, situations in our lives that cause us to um, take stock of of what's happening and and perhaps change our direction but something got to me about this this quote that wasn't quite. Right, and that is saying you know, that, that there's some power within you, there's some human capacity that you can sort of draw out of yourself to enable you to combat this uh, situation that's in front of you. And of course, uh, that, that's not the case. There is no kind of the superness of humanness in me that is enabled to come and combat this uh, Goliath that's in front of me. There is Jesus who is alive in me, who gives me strength to cope uh, with the Goliath that's in my life and enables me uh, to give me the strength to uh, get through that situation. You see, the thing about David was that David was David, which enabled him to get the David out of him. I'm not David, but but God says there's a Samuel inside of me that can cope with this situation and bring out the Samuel in me and not the David. Because David was uh, a shepherd boy who wrestled bears and lions. He was good with a slingshot. And so when he came across a Goliath, he simply took who he was, his daily walk, his daily life. But he did that with purpose. and, and, And rather than just being yeah i'm a little shepherd boy i'm going to take my lunch to my brothers on the battlefield and and go back home again. He actually lived his life with purpose and he he came across this situation of this this philistine defiling the armies of the lord and he says that's not the that's not good but because of my walk because of what I am good at and what i'm skilled at, I take that and bring that into the situation. And that's precisely what Paul's talking about here when he says, Be careful how you live. As you live your daily life, do it with purpose. And the second part of that verse, if it comes up again, and in fact, um, all the times that the the New Testament uses the word opportunities actually is the word um, kairos, now, there are two Greek words for the, the, the um, use of time, if you can put that little slide. Sorry, Dave. I'm probably going a bit in and out of my, my thing, and you're doing very well following me. Great job. So where um, the, the Scripture says opportunity, uh, that word um, is a word for time. Now, there are two Greek words for time. There is chronos which is basically the sequence of linear moments. So if I was to say the time now is 5 past 11, and it's probably time for me to finish my sermon, um, then that would be talking about chronos. In fact, you're probably not going to pick this up, but on my watch, uh, yeah, it's not going to come up, is it? It says down here it's, it's a chronograph. Oh, there we go. It's got the, got the focus. Yeah, yeah, so it's a chronograph watch. So normal time, um, talking about how time passes, is the Greek word Chronos. But there's another word, Greek word for time, and it's and this is the word that is used uh, where the 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 translators says opportunity. And Kairos is an appointed time with no regard to oh, spell length wrong there, sorry. <laughs> with no regard to the length of time. So it is a, a God appointed time. There is a reason for its its coming. Uh, it's not just something that passes uh, with normal time, but there is a, a reason for its existence. And so uh, this word is used when talking about um, now is the time to worship now is the time that God has brought Jesus into our world. There was a God appointed kairos for Jesus to come and to uh, give his life up for us uh, as a ransom. So that's what that kairos word is. So it's not just a um, something that happens on a linear thing. It's something that comes into our lives. So Paul is saying make the most of every God-appointed time. Make the most of every uh, special situation that is coming to us. So is COVID-19 a kairos? Is it a God-appointed time for us to be aware of our surroundings and be aware of what's happening to us? I would like to think so. But here's the other thing about this concept of Kairos. It is that um, not only is it an appointed time, it is also uh, often includes the idea of an opportunity for a suitable time for an action to take place. When we seize the day, we are taking advantage of Kairos given to us. Kairos is related to the Greek word head. So a kairos is a time when things come to a head requiring decisive action. And so this is what I wanted to encourage you in this morning. The opportunities, the kairoses that God places in our lives, whether that be the situation that we are in now or the ones that are going to come, isn't just ones for us to sit at and look at and wonder over. They're actually opportunities for us to act and to respond to. Um, This is probably why many of us, if we're honest, perhaps miss opportunities that come our way because God places opportunities in our lives. He places kairoses in our lives that requires something of us. It requires us to act. It requires us to respond. In fact, that's why the phrase is to make the most of an opportunity. How to make the most of an opportunity is to see it through to its end, is to see it through and to participate in it in a way that it outworks itself. In fact, um, Thomas Edison famously quoted this. He said, Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. And so true of us in our lives. And so I want to ask you a question as we wrap this up and as we reflect on this time that we're in and as we think about Kairos and the opportunity that God has placed before us. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what, Kairos, what opportunity has COVID-19 given to you? What opportunity has this given for you? I want to quickly mention three specific areas that, as I've uh, engaged with and had conversation with many of you, that I've noticed and picked up, and that's, first of all, our personal lives have been changed. Uh, perhaps for us, we've actually come to realise that family life is really important, and that we have time to spend, uh, particularly if we have young families with our children, uh, that that we hadn't had before, and it's made us realise the importance of that. You know, I uh, engage with and and talk to a lot of um, pastors and, and mentors in my life. And a lot of older uh, pastors all say the same thing. They all regret not spending as much time with their kids when they could have. Has this uh, interruption, has this kairos made you realise the importance that children are and to get your family life work balance uh, right, getting, getting it right? In fact, some of you have really enjoyed working from home, and perhaps once this is over, want to be talking to your your workplaces about the opportunity to perhaps one or two days a week to be continuing to do that to enable that good work-life balance. Uh, So there's the the, the personal side of things. There's the church side of things. Uh, Certainly one thing that we've been made aware of is the technology that is available to us that was available before but we never really sort of took hold of and used. And this, this situation, this Kairos, has actually enabled us to, to wake up to that uh, technology and to use it. And, and so moving forward as a church, uh, what are some ways in which we can continue to use this uh, technology? And I know uh, for many, uh, in my case, uh, being people with young families, getting out in the evening has been really hard and, and we've been wanting to have life groups. We've been wanting to connect and, and touch base uh, with people during the week and that's been a, a hard thing to fit into our lives. But this this has actually given us an opportunity to be able to do, to do that through technology and perhaps that might uh, continue. But it also might have raised in you the awareness and the importance of connection Uh beforehand, you might have not thought of the need to be in a small group or to um, participate in any way beyond the Sunday. And this time of isolation has made you realize how you're created for community and that need to connect uh, with other people. And so that's been a great way that the Lord has has done something in you. Now, I just want to, while we're talking about church and talking about opportunity, just quickly slip in a little uh, word on perhaps an opportunity that is before us as a church uh, regarding our property. And that is uh, at the start of the year at our, uh, our Vision Sunday, I did mention that there is an opportunity uh, before us to perhaps be putting our permanent roots down uh, in the community around us. And in the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to be unveiling a little bit more about what that opportunity looks like. That is super exciting and that is something that we're really believing is a Kairos moment. It is a God-appointed thing. It is something that God has been working in and through us uh, as we've been uh, continuing to, to look into and seeing the doors open up before us. Here is an, an amazing opportunity for us as a church uh, to, to head into the things of God and, and be aware of what's happening around us and his appointed time for us as a church. So I wanted to just be make you aware that over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, sharing that with you. And then there's the, the area of our society. Um, you know, at, at, before this whole thing, if you looked at our society and you were to talk about how, how you would describe it, uh, you'd probably think it was fairly um, uh, self-centred, uh, talking about own, people's own opinions being uh, predominant. And then if we look at the, the time now, uh, it, it's society gen- generally has changed. In fact, it's becoming coming back to what's real. We're seeing real kindness uh, being evident. Uh, the the news stories that used to just be bad news, bad news, bad news, now you turn on the TV and it's, and it's good news of people coming together, of people uh, looking after one another, of people donating to new initiatives to help neighbours and to help the society that we're in right now. I think this whole time has awoken our society up to what is actually real and what is important. And so, again, for you, as you reflect on your time and this Kairos moment in your life, uh, what is God showing you? What is the Lord revealing to you uh, as we take our eyes off what's directly been in front of us for so long and and we are interrupted and, and stopped to look at the world around us? What is the Lord uh, revealing to you? I want to leave you... Uh, this morning, with a video, and it's from a YouTuber in England who has um, produced something along these lines. And he really sees this as um, what I was talking about this morning. Now, even though this comes uh, from a, a secular point of view, you know, this isn't a, a Christian video, it really speaks into this time that we're in and to see it as opportunities and to see it as a chance to change our priorities and to live differently because of what has happened to us. Now I've edited a slight little bit out of the middle of this video uh, just because if there were some kids watching there was one image that was not quite right Um, but if you wanted to look at it I'm sure you can look it up in its fullness. So I want to leave you with this video and as I do that I just want to pray that the Lord would speak to you through it and that he would be awakening you to the opportunities that are before you and that you would reflect on your own life as you live out this time in isolation. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to watch this video. Lord, we thank you for the way in which you work in our lives. Uh, And Lord, as uh, Paul instructs us to do, we do pray Uh, for opportunities to come our way. But not just that, but that we would have eyes that are open. Uh, We we would see things as you see them and that we wouldn't just see them, but we would act upon them and that we would be able to take these opportunities that you give us in our lives uh, to take us out of that daily routine and to simply walk with you. Lord, we pray that we would be uh, spirit-filled Christians that walk with the Spirit and are open to what the Spirit uh, speaks into our lives, whether it be a person that comes across our path, whether it be an opportunity to act uh, in a situation or a circumstance. Lord, just uh, make those opportunities so real to us and that we wouldn't just miss them. Help us not to miss them, but to act and live wisely, to walk with purpose and to walk in a way in our daily lives that, enables us to be open to you and what you are doing. We pray this in Jesus' name.
2: Have it. Check out the video. Hey, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate uh, the message you brought us this morning. Certainly we never want to trivialise or downplay struggles or hardship. They are hard. Um, but it's just been great to be reminded um, that we don't want to lose... Uh, sight of the opportunities that present themselves in in all situations Um, and never want to lose sight that nothing will ever separate us from God's love and his presence and help and yeah really thought Sam you pulled that together so well today really appreciate that Lord thank you for speaking through Sam today um, yeah, I just want to call out to all those that have had a part in helping with the service today as well. You see a few of them. You don't see David Webb working tirelessly behind the scenes. Really. Thank you, David, for your, uh, your work and proficiency as well. Uh, so what's next for the day kids, uh, 1130, uh, don't forget, to um, hook into that zoom session and just be a great chance to catch up with friends. Uh, if, uh, you had a thought through the service or in the next day or two about something you might be able to bring for next week's Pentecost service would encourage you to be mindful of putting a video together touching base with Sam and yeah we look forward to how you bless us through those videos next week um, and what's next now great time to spend time with family perhaps touch base with a friend um, I had the opportunity last week to just spend some time talking to a good friend afterwards and just unpacking that that verse in James that, that Sam shared with us. Yeah, really encourage you to reach out um, yeah, to family or, or broader friends as well uh, as the day goes through and just just pray that uh, you've really been blessed by our time together this morning. Uh, it is always good, I think, when we come together as a family and just focus on the Lord Um yeah, so thanks once again. Look forward to catching up uh, with each of you next week as you connect with us uh, at the same time. And yeah, just, just pray that the Lord will be with you uh, today and throughout this week. So thanks once again.